Hi, the Sideways Life of Wine podcast contains the discussion of adult themes and the use of adult words. So if it's likely to cause offence, we'd prefer you stop the podcast now. Thank you. Hi everyone, thank you for waiting. It's been a long time since our last podcast, but Rex has been doing a lot of writing down here um, in New Zealand, a lot of research, a lot of travelling, a lot of meeting people, a lot of um, basically um, all the work you'd expect from him um, for the next and latest instalment of Sideways. Um, So uh, again, thanks for your patience. Apologies that we haven't been able to get something on to you earlier, but please enjoy the Series 2, Episode 1 coming your way right now. G'day Rex, it's been a long time. It's been a, a long time, two and a half months I believe, but an exciting time it's been. Yeah. So what's uh, very exciting about this is that we're um, we're clicking over into series two. So this is series two, episode one. Uh, new artwork, new intro, new outro, but the same old Yui and a new Rex. Yeah. No. I, uh, new Zealand has transformed me, Yui. I, I can say that with uh, with nothing but um, you know uh, total honesty. Okay. Well, that's great. That's so exciting. What what a what a teaser. Um, so we're going to dive straight into it, Rex. The last podcast came out in late June. You have you had been um, you'd arrived. You'd, you'd done your little crazy trip with me for the first few days. You'd flown to Central Otago. You'd parked yourself at Prophets Rock at Central Otago, and we were just approaching. Uh, we were coming up to the Winetopia in Wellington. So um, essentially, uh, you were about to start your um, camper van journey as well. Um, so really, um, over over to you, Rex. What's your what's the first thing you want to chat to us about? Well, let's just take the listeners back. I mean, you contacted me two and a half years ago about bringing my now iconic characters, Miles and Jack. Miles is my alter ego, uh, played by Paul Giamatti in the movie, to bring them to New Zealand. And so, uh, of course, your country was closed down and and COVID and all that stuff. But we uh, kept talking and and kept ideating and um, you know uh, uh, and established. we did a podcast, didn't we? Uh, yeah. We did a podcast, established a friendship, and you know came out with some wines and even. But eventually, your country opened. I flew out uh, May twelfth and uh, ended up first all down in Central Otago, all the way to the south. And, and started to really plan and strategize what this novel was going to be. And it's been a team effort. There have been a lot of people involved. So, for example, I got to Prophet's Rock Winery, which is just an extraordinary place. It's in the middle of winter. And I had a conversation with my writer friend, Marco Manone. I, I'm a very collaborative person, Yui. And, and Marco said, why don't you start with Miles in New Zealand instead of having him fly over like you did, Rex. And I thought, wow, you know, Prophet's Rock, you know, I see these these um, these vineyards and they're, they're completely uh, denuded of, of leaves because they're deciduous plants. And it's just, there's something stark and barren and desolate. We haven't seen Paul Giamatti and, or, or Miles, I should say, in, um, in years. And suddenly there he is on top. It's, it's up a dirt road, up a hair-pinned dirt road. Um, and it's, um, you know, looking down over a valley, looking down over Lake Dunstan there. And it's a, a guest cottage, and it sits there sentinel all by itself. And I thought, wow, that is a great idea. Then my friend Kate, who is an archivist who processed my papers in my last novel, The Archivist, 
um, came out last November. And by the way, that's an, another story, another time, because uh, everything happening uh, with Mar-a-Lago and espionage acts, it all starts with archivists. They're the ones who outed Donald Trump. But anyway, and she said, why not, you know, okay, so Miles has written a book. He's written a book, and he's going to go on a book tour. He has a publisher in New Zealand, whatever. But instead of it being the rock star bus and the, you know, five-star hotels, He's going to go in a camper van because the publisher has you know, decided, uh, you know, uh, to he's he's a frugal frugal guy, and and so that was that was Kate's idea was that they go in a camper van, and I started running it past people, and they all started laughing. Well, Yui, you made that possible. You got in touch with Pacific Horizon Motorhomes. They, you know, um, in, in exchange for some promotion of things, they graciously um, loaned us a camper van for a month. And suddenly, Ma- the reality- Marianne, Marianne's wonderful, isn't she? He's yeah, met her. yeah, she's She's wonderful. Really, a wonderful person. And and then I made it even harder on you. I said, Miles isn't going to land in, in Auckland at the north of the North Island and get the camper van. He's going to start in Central Otago at the south of the South Island. And you're like, I'm sure you were slapping your forehead and going, oh, my God, i got to get the camper van <laughs> down there. But you did. You made it happen. And then one day it, it showed up, you know, and, and I had, um, you know, I, I had some people to go with me, and um, well, we had uh, we had Paul uh, we had Paul Wright to thank for that. He's the guy who Paul. volunteered to drive it down from uh, Christchurch. Is that true? I didn't I didn't yeah. know that. So so we got we got Paul Wright to bring it over, and, and we're going to keep the um, uh, the people who went with me. We're going to keep them anonymous. Um, but you know, it and suddenly there at Prophet's Rock up a dirt road came the camper van. And I looked at it, this six-ton vehicle, whatever it is, and I just, I don't know, a shiver of terror went through me. This thing is for real. And this is, bear in mind, this is the middle of winter. Um, and anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, there had been a lot. So those things had been decided that Miles was going to start in, he was going to start at Prophet's Rock Winery, and that is going to be the beginning and end of the novel. I just love that place. I love their wines. Paul Pujol is an incredible winemaker. And Miles, so fictionally, Miles will own maybe a half a hectare of some Pinot grapes. He's got a girlfriend who is works across the lake on the hill across the way at Mount Pisa, and she's a winemaker, and she makes his wines for him. Well, he has gotten, it opens, the no, and I can, I can tell people this, the novel opens with Miles getting an email with some shocking, startling news. It's not tragic. But it's shocking and it's startling, and he has to go back to California. Well, he has overstayed his visa in New Zealand. He just, you know, Miles. He doesn't isn't always, you know, in the real world. He operates by his own uh, his own system, and uh, you know, even in the past, he didn't pay his taxes. But he's but he's in compliance now, uh, Uncle Sam. So you know, leave him alone. But um, and so naturally, she knows right away. That he, if he leaves and goes back to California because he's overstayed his visa, he's not going to be able to return. He's going to be held up at customs. So that he's going to struggle. Put, yeah. yeah, that puts their relationships on the rock. So that it opens with that. Also, Miles, like me, has a special needs cat, and she isn't. Miles wants to take the cat. She doesn't 
want him to take him, but he can't be without his cat. So I'm, I'm putting Max, the special needs cat, in there too. So, because uh, I've had this special oh, so Max, needs cat. Also, Max is now here. Max is now here in New that's Zealand. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Kiwi cat now. He, he has, he has <laughs> changed he has changed nationalities, but I just love that little guy. But there's a reason for that, um, which I don't want to give away to the readers of the book, um, and I'm deeply into it, and we're going to get into that, because there's a scene later in the book that I've already written in my head that, that does involve uh, Miles and Max, and, and so I need Max there to be in that scene. So this is the ideation process. However, Jack was on a reality TV show in the U.S. that only lasted one season before it was canceled called Washed Up Celebrities. They, <laughs> but, for, but for some reason, <laughs> see, you're already laughing, Yui, and I know you don't just laugh at anything. And, and, when, right. and when I mentioned the two of them in a camper van, everyone laughs. I go, okay, I got to do that. Anyway, Jack is in Australia because the... the the one season of Washed Up Celebrities is kind of a cult hit among people in Australia and New Zealand, uh, down under here. And so they're, they're going to reboot it and have him be the host of it be, as a past Washed Up Celebrity. However, Jack has gotten involved with uh, what a friend called a stage four clinger. A, sto- a, stage, a stage four clinger is someone who is, um, well, is clinging on to him and she's an opera singer kind of past her prime so jack hang hang on a second hang on what stage four mean well i guess you know it's kind of like defcon three two and one i mean stage four is is a high level clinger somebody who's already you know she's gone past the stage of moving her toothbrush in she's already got the suitcase and everything so and of course this is you know (laughs) stage four four clinger and in fact uh so and and so jack is in touch with the publisher. He and Miles haven't seen each other in five years. And so he agrees. He's excited about this this camper van trip because it's going to take him off the grid. He needs he needs some breathing room, Huey. And but Miles doesn't know it's going to be a camper van until he sees it coming up this hairpinned dirt road with Jack. And there it is. And and then there's the cat. But then there's something else that's wonderful. Um, and I'm not sure if I should wait to tell this or not. But so once all of this was ideated, obviously I have to take this camper van trip in order to to live it. I mean, I can't I can't just write it from having seen a camper van in pictures. I've got to get in it, feel what it's like to drive it, feel what it's like to sleep in it. Not that I slept in it every night. I'll be open with you. I didn't need to. But I, I needed to live in it. I needed to be in it. I, I write from experience, Yui. You know I write from real life. Yes, I fictionalize with great liberty, but there's I think there's more real life and more lived-in life in Sideways New Zealand, The Road Back, that's the tentative title, uh, than there was in the original Sideways, the more I think about it. There was a lot that was fictionalized in Sideways. Yes, the, the, set, the settings are all there. Jack is based on a real character, and, and of course I'm Miles. But but for some reason, is it more than is it more than um, Chile? Because Chile, you know, you were there. You you were in a car, right? I, I think. Than... Th- yeah, I, I think it's less fictionalized. I think it's this is okay. this. I'm drawing more on on really lived in real things, and um, and also bear in mind too, uh, not to digress, but all my work I've written and directed two feature films. 
both were massive road movies. The first one was called California Without End. It starts in San Francisco and ends in Baja, California. The second one was called From Hollywood to Deadwood, and it literally goes from Hollywood to Deadwood, South Dakota, and back with these two detectives. And then I wrote a script called The Road Back. Vertical, my sideways sequel, goes from San Diego to McMinnville, Oregon, all the way to Wisconsin. You know, so these Why are not? massive... And so this is this is going to go from south of South Island all the way to the north of the North Island in a camper van in winter on a book tour. And the other th the thing I am going to leap forward here quickly. I have to take this trip. Obviously, I'm taking it and I'm, I'm we're doing book clubs and, and I'll talk about the first one in a moment. And then those are going to become the. Um, the research for then fictionalizing book clubs that Miles is going to. There's also going to be wine, too. He's also going to be uh, meeting wine people and whatever. So I'm arranging and scheduling, and I had a lot of people helping me. Certainly you, Yui, for sure. Yvonne Lorcan up in Hawks Bay, where I'm at right now, in this beautiful place, courtesy of her as well. Um, and, and, and other people were also helping me. The, some of the people I was with, whatever, were also uh, helping me along the way to find. And also a lot of it was me, too, you know, digging really, really deep. But Miles would definitely, on a book tour in New Zealand, he would definitely have a publicist, and that publicist would almost for sure be a woman. And I was—I needed the model for this character, and I—it—it—it's—she, she would definitely be a Kiwi. She would not be an American. And I just kept looking and looking, and finally we did in Wellington, halfway on this journey, um, we did a, a workshop of Sideways the Musical, and I met this actress. Uh, Emma Kateni, and she is, she's Maori. And I thought, oh my God, would you be the model for this character? And she said, I'd love to. So we have met, We I throw scenes at her, and she has taken me down in the culture, and she has given me such a wonderful richness of character. And in fact, her character and her trajectory with Miles, and there's going to be four trajectories now. There's always Miles's trajectory. It starts with him, and it ends with him. Remember, all my books are written in first person from the standpoint of Miles, all the sideways books. Mm. Then then there's Miles and Jack's trajectory. Jack won't make it all the way to the end. Then there's there's actually Miles, Jack, and Emma's journey. Her name is Hannah in the book, whatever. Their trajectory, because remember, you're only in the scene if Miles is in the scene because it's written in first person. But then there's also... Miles and Hannah's trajectory. There's four trajectories, and they intersect, mm. and they overlap, and they interlard in a wonderful way. And her character is going to be as big as Jack's. And she it just is. It, I love it because she's she's young, she's Kiwi, she's Maori. She takes us down into the culture. There won't be, you know, because of her age, there won't be any, um, you know, it would just be unseemly, as you said, Yui, for there to be any... Um, you know, any insinuation of romance, that's not in there at all. It's not even on the table, of course. And 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 that that really was one of the big epiphanies. So thus, now, the table is set. There it is. There's the camper van. There you go, Rex. And July 12th, I take off. It's snowing. <laughs> I take off for, I take off in Cromwell, for those of you who aren't, you know, familiar with New Zealand, I'm basically in the south of the South Island. Not completely in the south, but pretty south. I'm heading due east to Omaru, the steampunk capital of the world, this town where penguins come out from underneath Mad. buildings. Mad. Yeah, beautiful it, place. And Mad and I'm and, and 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 Yvonne Lorcan got me 
a, a personal appearance with the Tough Guy Book Club. The Tough Guy mm-hmm. Book Club, it, start, it originated in Australia. They have quite a few chapters there. They only have one chapter in New Zealand, and these guys agreed to do it, and we met at Fat Sally's Pub. <laughs> Fat Sally's <laughs> Pub. You can't, I can't make that stuff up, Huey. I can't make it up. And so we uh, take off, and I'm excited. Even though it's cold and kind of slightly snowy, whatever, we go down the dirt road, and we get to a, a place to fuel up about, you know, 30 miles, you know, in route. It's only going to be a, an easy through. And suddenly the pass, Landis Pass, is snowed in. And people, there's a flurry of activity at this gas station. And one guy was telling me, you can't, you can't get over there. You've got to go back. Go back to Prophet's Rock and just light a fire. Forget. It. I said, come on, there's got to be another way. It's got to be another way. And as, you know, Emma was so wonderful. And she, we, we went through this scene because she wasn't there, of course. She goes, uh, there's always another fucking way. And, and she, she loves to put a profanity sometimes in between words. There's always another fucking way in New Zealand. I go, really? She goes, yeah. So anyway, in reality, they, um, the person I was with was talking to a woman at the gas station, and they figured out we, we need to go back and take the pig route. The pig route. And I, you know, I can't make up stuff like that, but everyone in New Zealand knows the pig route. So the pig route avoids the pass. <laughs> it takes twice as long. It rains. Yep. It rains four or five inches that day. It's a biblical day of rain, which would be a oh, hundred millimeters. Worst date. Oh my God! Worst day but, to but, travel. But, to you, start your but you have to understand that I've been in New Zealand for two months. I have been waiting for this camper van trip because without oh, the no. camper van trip, oh, no. I have no novel. I don't oh, have no. a novel, Yui. So I mean, and and I'm gonna get and the tough guy. Book club. I mean, I'm I'm off to what I think is a rollicking start. That's got to be gold, you know. Tough guy book club. You know, that's better than Barnes and Noble or or the Borders, you know, bookstore signing. I mean, what? I mean, what, there's no excitement there. The tough guy book club at Fat Sally's Pub. I I can't make that up. I mean, that you know that that's got to be in a movie. But you know, now I'm thwarted. But you know, um, this person figured it out, and we 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 drove now. Instead of three hours, six hours in torrential rains on narrow roads, buffeted by you know sixty kilometer mile hour winds. I mean, the first day was barbarous, and we get the you know, and we we get there, and it just you know, our brains are fried. We have dinner at the um, I don't the Star and Garter, <laughs> which I can't make that up either. <laughs> and going to get the ham the ham special or whatever. And we trudge over to the Tough Guy Book Club, and sure enough, there's a dozen guys there, and uh, they're in the back room, and they're all hammering ales, and they've all read sideways. You know? And thus, thus the trip began, Yui. And it was from that point on, it was there were frustrations, there were rich experiences. Um, I, I got to see New Zealand, and it's also great. People say, "Well, why'd you do it in the winter?" I said, "Well, in a way." The comedy is going to come out of many things, some of the book clubs, but it's also going to come out of the fact that precisely that they did do it in winter. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually think it's not a bad thing because uh, you, you mentioned earlier that um, there were no leaves on the vines at Prophet's Rock when you got there. Are they starting to pop back now? Are you seeing any early shoots? We've just turned the corner into early spring. Are you seeing anything at all or not? Well, I'm I'm here in Napier, 
on, oh, of on course top of the are. hill yes, at, yes, at yes, the yes. at the Weimary Homestead, um, courtesy of a gentleman named Rick Hopkinson and, and Yvonne Lorcan, overlooking all of Hawks Bay. And I'm writing, and honestly, I'm you know it it was hard. People think I had a vacation here. You know, I was I'm kind of living the dream, but you know, every day is writing. I'm cranking mm. like two thousand words a day. You know, because I really lived the novel. I I, I saw the opening because I really you remember Alexander Payne, the director of Sideways. You know, said adapting Rex's novel was one of the easiest things I ever did because he thinks like a screenwriter. So screenplays yeah. for those of you listeners out there who are writers, and I know there's many of you. Um, you know, as you know, screenplays are are seen. They're 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 visual. They're scene driven. They're dialogue driven. They're character driven. So I I do think like a screenwriter, and and for some reason, you know, we haven't if if they make the movie. Um, we haven't seen, you know, Miles in a long time. And to see him bearded up on top of a hill <laughs> against these, you know, just basically uh, they're, they're denuded vines. I mean, they're, they're just brown. They're bronze. There's yeah. something, yeah. That, and, and the landscape up there, uh, down there, is very arid. They get very little rain, actually. And the soils are very, very minerally and, and well, they're schist soils. And... Um, it, it's there's just something barren and bleak and desolate and I'm so visually metaphorically symbolically it just is a great way to open it because remember when he goes to California so it's in January when he takes this trip excuse me excuse me it's in July when he takes the trip which would be our January so but right. when he go when he goes to California it's going to be August it's going to be harvest season so you have this wonderful contrast between the opening and the ending although it isn't going to actually end in California but he has to go there and we'll see how he gets back so you know th that contrast is really you know important and also again you know coming up you know these two guys in a camper van which they didn't bargain for and it's raining and it's cold you know i mean yeah. it's 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 you know it i don't if it was in the summer they wouldn't have a there wouldn't be a lot of i mean maybe i could find the comedy but you know um there's there's something oh, about I think it's uh, I think it's turned out to be a stroke of genius that uh, yeah yeah the earliest is. we could get you here was May. Um, I forgot you're at Napier and Napier and you're looking out over Hawkes Bay because you're up yeah. on the hill and you can see yeah. the bay, can't you? And that's yeah. where um, that's where Joe Walsh from the Eagles. That's where he forswore alcohol. He was uh, in the company of Maoris, not far from where you are. They took him to Marai, and he had an epiphany, and he gave up alcohol. So it's quite interesting. He resolved yeah. at that point not to drink alcohol. Uh, that that is, that is it. I'm I'm going to go to Marai, and I'm going to start drinking again. <laughs> I'm I'm going to have the op opposite epiphany. But no, I'm staring out right now, overlooking Hawks Bay. It's absolutely beautiful. The town of Napier is great. Um, and I'm not saying this because I'm in New Zealand. You know, I I did say this on a podcast yesterday that. Um, you know, America right now is, is just, there's so much divisiveness, and I don't, we don't, we, we try to steer clear of politics in here. There's so much political unrest, there's so much hatred, and, you know, and, and I come to New Zealand, it is not without its problems, but really on a scale of 1 to 10, with America being 11, or Venezuela being 13, maybe, New Zealand's like a two. I mean, you know, uh, the a worst two. thing that happened to them yeah, was that they, they got they got yeah, yeah a two. They they got hammered by Argentina. The All Blacks did. Other than that, that's been the only you know uh, 
unrest that I've seen. You know, it's the people, it's actually, I said this on the podcast, it's actually, I'd, I'd lost all hope in humanity in the U.S., I, I really, especially through the pandemic and, and the Trump era, even, and Trump is still with us. He's like a, he's like a carbuncle, you know, on the anus of America. He's like a, and, well, he's like a, he's like a turd that you can't sink in the toilet each time you flush it, right? Yeah, so. no, yeah, and, and it, a lot of that, a lot of that, of course, is the media just won't let him go, you know, they just, because they get page views out of it and clicks, but we, I don't want to get on that. I don't even want to say his name on our podcast because it's just contaminating it with with another poisonous, you know, miasmic cloud, you know. And, and I come here, and, and people really have each other's backs. Everyone has pulled together for me for this trip. Um, I, I honestly, Kiwis have a great sense of humor. You know, there's I, I I live in San Diego, which is the greater San Diego area is five million people. The entire country of New Zealand is five million people. You even in a big city like Wellington, which is not a real big city, within ten minutes you're you're out in the country. And everywhere else it's it's so beautiful, even in the winter, it's so beautiful here. You're 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 very quickly on a rural road and, and there's something relaxing about it. Um, except when you're in a six ton camper van and eighty mile an hour winds. But you know, it's I don't know. There's there's a there's a lot to love about this country, of course, and it, it's also at the end of the world. And uh, and I think that there's metaphorically for me for the novel, it's Miles. And, and at this point in my life, remember, Miles is not like Batman. He doesn't put on a rubber suit and stays the same age. He has aged. No. He has ev- he has evolved. And and so and I could really. You know, when my friend Marco said maybe he starts there, suddenly I thought, wait a second, maybe he's been here a couple of years, and um, and he's maybe found a certain piece. But of course, in order to have a novel, in order to have a movie, you 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 know, all myth and all you know fairy tales and whatever, and and great uh, stories often start with, you know, a certain kind of piece, but then something goes wrong. There's a drought, or there's you know, and it thus begins the kind of the hero myth. Of, of course, Miles is the great anti-hero. There's got to be something wrong. There has to be something that sets him in motion on a journey, yeah. and and that that is the email that he gets in literally the first yeah. line of chapter one. Dear Miles, I have something to tell cool. you. Now, before we move on, I want to while we're having a little bit of a love in about New Zealand, uh, share with me some examples of honesty that you've observed and that you've been party to and that you've benefited from. <laughs> First of all, you know, I have spent some times in, in hotels here and uh, whatever. Every hotel in New Zealand, every single one, even just a motor lodge, you know, down in Christchurch we're at, you know, that's, you know, relatively inexpensive. They all have kitchens with uh, water kettles and, and silverware and flatware and, and cook and they have, you know, hobs and whatever. You would never see that in a hotel in America. So at the high-end hotels, you wouldn't see it because they want you to order room service so they can gouge you. You wouldn't see it at the middle or lower levels because they know you would steal it. <laughs> you would steal the forks, <laughs> the knives. And in fact, at the lower level hotels, the shower heads are bolted to the uh, to the to the fixtures so you can't because people will unscrew the shower heads and take them here in new zealand look at i'm seeing i go every place i go into you can actually cook dinner in these places they got coffee cups they got you know they got french presses or what you call plungers to make coffee or whatever these would be in america these you know, within a week they'd all be gone you so they have yeah, the, yeah. i was staying at a great hotel in martinborough a wonderful place on the north island just north of where you are in wellington wonderful wines there at monte 
Dante Petrie. I mean, what, uh, you know, Gladstone Winery. That guy's a character and making terrific wines. And and the place I'm staying at, I am very, I had to leave for one night. And I come back and I, and I accidentally left my AirPods there, a little white case. And I just, I missed them. My eyes didn't catch them or whatever. I checked back in two nights later. The first thing they did before I even signed the thing was, oh, here's your AirPods. In the U.S., no. Uh, incredible. Would, and I remember uh, gone. I remember they would they would have been they would have been gone. You in five seconds. Yeah. You know. And I remember when I was bringing the camper van around to park in front of the hotel <laughs> in Wellington. You um you saw a bunch of I left my I left my bag with a laptop and a few other things there on the uh, on the footpath and you um and you saw a bunch of lads um, stop and have a look and they were looking around. But they weren't looking to steal that. They were just looking to see that um, who's who did this bag belong to, so they could take. Right, it I, w- I was I was I was saving you a parking space. I saw the three lads come by, and you'd left your on a ledge there, and in front of the building, you had left your um, your carry bag. I assume it had computers and other stuff in. I immediately, yep. instinctively moved to protect it because I just assumed they were just. And the the kid said, "Is that yours?" Like, okay, if it isn't, we're 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 stealing it. That was my first thought, and the reason is is because that that's America. But you said no, no, no. They if if it oh, wasn't your really. if it wasn't yours, they were going to take it around the corner to the mini mart because that would be the closest place where you would probably That's go to right. reclaim it. Yeah. It's kind of like you know somebody explained it to me. A, a guy, uh, this guy Dean, a wonderful guy who drove me up here to Napier to a wonderful book signing. We did it at the Common Room in Hastings. Um, that was a fun night. And he said we talked about it a lot because we had a lot of time <laughs> to get to know each other. And uh, he said, uh, you know, Rex, it's like one or two degrees of separation here in new zealand and it, it is true in america the person next the person living next door to you you may live next door to them for 10 years and never even meet them or never even know who they are you know yeah. and they could be building a pipe bomb in there you wouldn't even know it here they, you just don't see that kind of extremism that that can develop in america in these weird little pockets because we're such a huge country but because we're so huge there's actually more alienation because you're so small, you've kind of all banded together. And yes, you have your differences and, and so on and so forth. But it, 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 people really kind of, they look out for each other. For example, Emma um, had dinner with her parents. And uh, her father is Maori. Her mother is not. And, and, uh, but the kids obviously all are. And they were so welcoming and so warm. And, you know, they didn't, um, I, I, it, it, I really felt like, you know, it was almost like family, even though they just met me. In in America, they might be like suspicious. Why why are you using my daughter? Or are you paying her? What what's going on? No, they were just completely understanding and wonderful and everything else. But I could be, you know, having dinner with, you know, high net worth individuals, and and they they're very um, humble in many ways. They're very. Uh, you know they're they're not full of this kind of boastfulness that we see in America. This kind of you know um, I don't know what you want to call it. You know histrionics or or you know exaggerated behavior epitomized, unfortunately, in a guy who just lies all day long, which is Donald Trump. You know, not to bring up his name again. Oh, and, and we that, weren't going to mention his name. But 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 he he epitomizes you know so much of what America is and New Zealand isn't. New Zealand they. Um, you know, they, they don't barge in, you know, bragging about who they are. You know, they let their actions, they let, you know, themselves, you know, speak for them. And, um, you know, again, it's 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 not, you know, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect country. There, 
but actually, when I started to see who Kiwis were, I started to worry that I wasn't going to find any comedy for my novel. Because I, 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 I kind of I need to meet jerks. I don't know how to take that. I, I need to, to meet jerks that, and other people. Well, I mean, Rex, you know. You, um, I, you had a close shave, though, with some precious possessions, didn't you? You left some stuff on the footpath and got into a taxi by mistake. And oh, left oh wow. There. And, and I can't believe that, I mean, I can believe, but I can't believe that you went all the way home, worked out that you didn't have it, and you guys raced back to the airport and everything was still there. That's pretty amazing, isn't it, really? Yeah, it wasn't exactly how it happened, but, uh, you know, I, oh, I, I, I took, yeah, I was coming from Christchurch back to Napier, but I had to take two uh, flights to get here. And I shared a cab with a, a gentleman from Stanford University who's a geologist studying uh, you know, seismic activity here because there there is that, and um, and and actually Alexander Payne went to Stanford and he knew sideways and we, we so the cabbie maybe I don't know he, maybe he just kind of wasn't thinking or whatever got out of it. We dropped the gentleman from Stanford off first and he set my bags out of the back. This is my whole life, my computer, the novel, everything um, on the street. Jumps back in the cab. I don't get out of the cab. And, and we drive to my place. Ten minutes later, he opens, pops open the, the trunk, and they're not there. There's nothing. My heart sank. I mean, and again, this is, you know, of course, we, in the guy's completely, you know, he's mortified. I mean, he, you know, in America, you'd lose your job. I mean, that would be it. We drive back, and it was in a, in a nice area. It's not like he left him at the airport or anything like that. But no. what happened was, is, is the gentleman we left off, he noticed that the bags were by the side. He brought them inside, even though he's an American. But my first thought was, those bags are gone. <laughs> That's it. They're toast. I'm going to find the computer. Well, the computer would be would be fenced immediately. And, and I, you know, but no, he had them. There, I, I, for 15 minutes, I'll tell you, I was in probably oh. semi-arrested uh, myocardial infarction. Oh God! All right. Well, look on that. On that note, what we'll do is we'll wrap up part one of this okay. big catch up, and we'll have a pause, and we'll come back and do part two before you can say Jack Spratt could eat no fat. Speak yeah, to you soon. Well, yeah. Thank you, Yui. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Sideways: The Life of Wine. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not share this podcast with your friends and family? Also, why not go online and rate us? If you'd like to ask Rex a question about the books, the movie, anything to do with wine, anything at all to do with Sideways, please feel free to write to him or I at wine at 158.co.nz. That's wine at 158.co.nz. Thank you. With their they want to drink Merlot. We're drinking Merlot. No, if anyone orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot. No fucking Merlot. No fucking Merlot. No matter how low we go. No fucking Merlot. This podcast is a 158 production.